the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Nah, man, you see how good I look? Nothing signifies that more than a pinch hitter winning a the game. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Yes, sir. Not this night. We don't pay attention to what happens, what goes on the outside. We just do our job. Welcome to Panhandle Sports Live, the premier home for all things sport in the Eastern Panhandle. He's across midfield. He's into the open field. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Towards the pylon. Touchdown, Washington. Hear from the coaches and players that make the Eastern Panhandle the place for sports in the state of West Virginia. This kid, he's got silver bullets. And it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Gets a high snap. Robinson trying to get to the outside. Makes a jerk move. Gets to the inside. Keyshawn Robinson. Touchdown, Cougars. Be a part of the conversation on today's show by texting at 304-263-4321. The throw not in time. Hedgesville's going to Charleston. Gavin Young puts the drive up 9-63-54. The Spring Mills Cardinals, 18-0 to finish the regular season. Now, live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in historic Martinsburg. Get your popcorn ready. Panhandle Sports Live is on the air. And it is Panhandle Sports Live for this third day of January 2024. Broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building. The boys are back and the boys are back together. Gentlemen, Parker Stone, Daniel Woods with me in studio how are we on this Wednesday? Doing well. Doing very well. Very excited to announce that the first Parker's Picks in 2024 was a perfect slate. Yes, so sir. That was, that was a great start to the year. So if you copy, congratulations. But overall, feeling well, feeling good. It's a Wednesday. It's weird when you come back and it's like a four-day week. So it's like you're used to Wednesday being like your middle point. But like, is it still your middle point on a Wednesday? I guess it's it, it's for like coming back. Don't get like, too philosophical on us here. Like a four day week, it's always weird because you're like, okay, this is one day less. But I don't know. It's it's like trying to find your midway point. If it's more of like your Wednesday, or if it's maybe your Tuesday, it, it's weird. It's the week of Theseus. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot going on. To, a lot to unpack there in that conversation. There's a John Boyce video about that. I see. Uh, I uh, I will say that uh, getting over this cold. Uh, and consuming copious amounts of NyQuil make it incredibly hard to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be breaking down some local high school basketball that we'll be talking about here in a second. We'll hear the postgame thoughts of Hedgesville head coach Kelly Church after their victory last night against Washington, which you could have heard right here at WBPM and WCST. And we also turn our attention back to high school girls basketball today as well. The team to beat coming into the season, the Washington Patriots in girls basketball. Their head coach, Rashawn Edwards, will join us. A bit of a slow start the season for the Lady Patriots. However, they have some very talented underclassmen. They've yet to play an in-state opponent. It's going to be exciting to see as they get into conference play uh, what they can do. But, fellas, we had uh, five different EPAC teams in conference or play last night, four of which took part in conference play. One game you were a part of, Parker Stone, you had the call. Tay Wilmer goes for 20-plus. Hedgesville dominates Washington in a game where neither team really wanted to get started going offensively early which favored Hedgesville as they turned it into a slugfest until their guards could get going. What were some of your takeaways from Hedgesville starting out conference play with a victory last night on the road? Yeah, I mean, that's an impressive performance going on the road, and it's a first game for both these teams within your conference. 
And Hedgesville made a statement. I know that they're a little bit – Washington's end was a little <clears throat> hampered, excuse me, from D.J. Bordley not playing in this game. But once again, it's Hedgesville defense. This is the second time I've seen the Eagles this season, and that defense is a real problem, and it's going to be a real problem for teams across the panhandle. Defense travels. Daniel said it last night, and it's very true. Tay Wilmer puts up 22, leads all scores. Xavier Kirk has a solid game at 12 points. Quincy Pitstoggle had a dominant third quarter and showed if the development continues, he's going to be a real problem in this conference as one of the best bigs in the pack if he keeps developing the way that he is. And it's just the offense for Washington had problems going. McCarthy was leading score with six points. And just outside of without DJ Boardley, I think there's a point of concern of where's the offense going to come from from Washington. Chris Dolman got locked up by Noah Brown last night. He only got two points. It was a tough outing for Washington's offense and a master class of defense shown by Kelly Church's squad. Well, Daniel, when you look at what Hedgesville's able to do, you know, a guard that can collapse the defense and Xavier Kirk, another one that is a very good shooter. You can also get to the rim and Tay Walmer, who was really shifty. Uh, and you've got Quincy Pitsnoggle, who can take any big outside the paint because he's one of the better floor spacers in the conference. And a lot of guys that really know their role. Noah Brown stops people. Ganey stops people. Pence comes off the bench and stops people. Hedgesville's got a, I don't want to call it simple because it's so hard to execute. But when you've got so many guys that defend as well as they do and can take the air out of the ball and you got a couple of guys that can score and be dynamic, that makes you a very, very tough team to beat on a day-to-day basis. You know, there are probably some people out there that want to call Kelly Church's style of basketball archaic and old school and, and whatever you want to say. But a little bit like what we talked about yesterday um, what, with my what I said my conversations were with the, the coaches at Bridgeport High School for football, where football is about blocking and tackling. Uh, a lot of times with basketball, especially at the high school level, if you can pass and cut and defend – you're going to be a pretty good basketball team, and and that is what this Hedgesville team does. Yeah, they're methodical. Yeah, they play slow most of the time, but they're fundamentally sound. Uh, they are well-versed in what they do, and they guard people. And you have guys, like you said, that understand their roles. They run a lot of stuff out of the high post, and they put five guys on the floor that can pass the basketball. And, and that's something that is not necessarily seen all that much in high school basketball at this point anymore. You've got a lot of guys that have grown up as, as part of this overtime generation and this, this, you know, highlight on on TikTok and YouTube generation. And I sound like an old man yelling at a cloud, but kids can't pass anymore. And, and Hedgesville puts five kids on the floor that can pass the basketball and, they, they can throw the ball to Zandon Ganey or, or Quincy Pitsnoggle in the high post and have guys cut off of them, and they can find the open man. And, and that's what's so impressive about this team offensively. And, and then defensively, uh, there's a culture of, of defense, and Kelly Church talked about that last night. There's a culture of defense in that program, and, and guys know their roles, and they know their assignments, and they get the job done. Well, speaking of Kelly Church, you guys were able to catch up with him courtside. Um, and he gave us uh, more than we needed in terms of post-game tape. Let's hear what Kelly Church had to say uh, in that victory last night against Washington. First of all, Coach, congratulations on your first in-conference win of the season, and really I think the big question everybody has is, what's the secret to this defense you got cooking up right now? You are locking up teams left and right, hold a tough Patriots offense with just 21 points tonight. What's really this secret that you got on the early season? Well, uh, first of all, we're not we're not naive that one of their their top scorer didn't play for whatever reason. So, um, you know, uh, it's a we talk like everybody the, the the catchphrase is culture, and you know, I mean, 
if you come to our practice and you watch, we spend a great deal of time doing what we just did. Uh, our coaches, Coach Rest and Coach Triggs especially, uh, spend um, an inordinate amount of time on film and film breakdown. And so, uh, you know, we try to put our kids in the right position, uh, but they're the ones that have to do it. Uh, their willingness to stay down and guard the basketball for long periods of time. Uh, you know, uh, Noah Brown scores a basket and everybody's thrilled. Uh, the kid plays phenomenal defense on the ball every game uh, and guards without fouling. He doesn't hand check. He doesn't arm bar. He guards. He moves his feet and sits in a stance. And so, uh, you know, you combine all those things. It's not just no, obviously, but, but uh, you know, everybody willing to do their job. Like late in the game, uh, Xavier Kirk had a chance to take a charge. And I'm not taking He had a great game. When, when we're in that timeout, I'm, I'm angry. He knows why I'm angry. Because uh, he backed out of the way of a charge because it was late in the game, and he knows we're already up by whatever, 25 or whatever it was. And so he's, eh, you know, he's got to make the right play. And so we talk about these things. Be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Uh, do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And on a regular basis, just make the right basketball play. And if you do those things, you give yourselves a chance. We're not the tallest. Obviously, you know, Q's got some height, obviously, but we're not the tallest. We're not the fastest. We're not the, we're not the lots of things. But, but, you know, right now, I, I couldn't be any more pleased with our, our, our effort, our ability to lock in and to buy into, you know, well, that's, I'm, I'm not that guy, oh, give me credit. Kids are doing it, and, and, you know, my assistant coaches are doing a phenomenal job. A lot's been said about new guys having to step into bigger roles this season for this team. Uh, Tay Wilmer, one of the, the handful of guys that played in big EPAC moments and in the playoffs in the state tournament last year how important is it for him to come out in a game like this and set the tone for you guys well i mean you know make shots things go better <laughs> you know i mean you spend it however you want he made shots and sometimes we're not going to make shots and so like we, we talk about like I, obviously i mean you know tay does a great job for us but tay doesn't do a great job for us just because he scores points i mean that's He's, he's in all those defensive possessions as well. And what happens in high school basketball, lots of kids, lots of kids worry about whether or not they score points. Because if they score points, they can be on whatever team or they can be on whatever all EPAC team. or all, Like, you know, our, our kids have to buy in, which they have so far, to being the best. Like, Tate Wilmer's got to be the best Tate Wilmer he can be. He doesn't have to be Cam Wilkes. Cam Wilkes is gone. Tate Wilmer's got to be the best Tate Wilmer he can be. Quincy doesn't have to try to be his dad. Quincy's got to be the best Quincy he can be. And so getting guys to, like we talk about all the time, I said it tonight right before we left the locker room, and star in your role. Whatever your role is, star in your role. And if you're willing to do that, uh, and, and you have, you know, five guys play together at the same time, um, you know, then, then we got a chance. Uh, again, our margin of error is pretty slim. We did a lot of things well tonight. We shot well, which makes a big difference. You mentioned Quincy, Coach. I keyed the uh, third quarter, the uh, Quincy Pitsnoggle quarter, for just how well he played in that contest. People will look at the slam dunk he had, highlight that, but just the defensive step he's taken this season, the ability to hit outside shots. He's slowly turning into a five-tool player on the basketball court. Right, and it's, you know, like obviously like strategy-wise, they try to do something that <laughs> – I thought we adjusted to very well early in the game. Um, but Quincy's ability to, to step outside and shoot the three at 6'9 uh, obviously helps him. Uh, I have to make sure that Quincy doesn't fall in love with, you know, wanting to shoot the three. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but, but he, he, you know, he, he's, he's gotten stronger. And it's one of these, oh, is he really a lot stronger? Man, like, it's so easy for the world to criticize 
oh, well, he's 6'9", he should. Uh, you know, so I, I couldn't be any more proud of the, of the not, not just the, not just the physical attributes that he's gotten better at, but but quite honestly, uh, you know, he's way mentally, he, he, his mental toughness has again, it's not quite where we need it to be or where I want it to be, but but it's leaps and bounds from where it was, um, you know, and so again, I. I couldn't be any prouder. And you go through and you like, okay, so who's the one you left out today? Like, well, we didn't, you know, I talked a little bit about Noah, and he's the one who's never going to get talked about because <laughs> all he does is just guard and talk and tell everybody where to go and what to do. But then you look at Zandon, who all of a sudden, you know, tonight all of a sudden, based on how they're playing us, he becomes the center uh, in what we're doing and stuff. And on the fly, he can change and do what I asked him to do. Like, we got up late, right, and we're up. And if you think that kids at Hedgesville High School want to hold the ball like I made them do, you're crazy. They want to just go and hoop and ball like every other kid in America. Um, you know, and quite honestly, it's something we have to get better at. So that's why we, we tried to work on it. Not because we we're late. We weren't worried about this game necessarily. But, uh, you know, tape doesn't lie. So when we see guys not cut hard, when we see guys get jammed up, and, and again, referees are going to call some fouls, they're not going to get them all. But then we retaliate because we're frustrated and we just shove. Well, it's a foul on us. And so, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll continue to grow and, uh, you know, at, at the end of today, I think we're better than we were yesterday, and, and tomorrow we'll try to get better again. That's all we can do. Well, Coach, congratulations once again. A 52-21 to 21 win for the Hedgesville High School Eagles over the Washington Patriots. Coach Hurts, thank you once again, and thank you so much. Can I, can I jump in? One, one thing, like, uh, and I'll do the best I can to not become emotional. Uh, when virtually, not everybody, but virtually the entire staff on the other team either – played for us or at some point coached with us. And there's a couple that didn't. Uh, and obviously, you want to win every game. Uh, I couldn't be any any prouder of, of, of Ryan and Kyle and, and all their other assistants and stuff. But but obviously, Ryan was on our state championship team, and Kyle Van Meter was with us. I, shoot, I, our other guys are being interviewed by whoever the rivalry is. I don't know with media stuff. but So they're, they're, they're being interviewed, and I, I don't like our kids to be out by themselves. So they're up there being interviewed, and, uh, you know, Kyle Van Meter's dad immediately says, Coach, I got them. I'll go with them. Uh, you know, phenomenal people that are doing a great job here. Um, you know, we know the next time we play at our place, it'll be a battle. So. Uh, congratulations to them on all their, their success they've had so far. And I appreciate you guys. I hope everybody had a safe and happy New Year. That's Kelly Church, the Eagles victorious yesterday. They took uh, or took down Washington, beat them by 30. We've got two more EPAC basketball games to talk about, uh, and we'll do so on the other side of this break. And stay tuned to the bottom of the hour. Sean Edwards, the head coach of the Washington girls basketball team, will join us as well. Talk about the start of their season. This is Panhandle Sports Live. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Follow our socials for updates on live broadcasts of local games. Our main social being at EP Sports Network on Twitter. It's Luke Wiggs, Daniel Woods, Parker Stone with you here at Panhandle Sports Live. We've got Shepherd University basketball coming up tonight as the Rams travel to take on IUP. Uh, men's only broadcast tonight that will begin in the 7 o'clock hour. Two more games to talk about from high school boys basketball yesterday. Muscleman with a 10-point victory against Greenbrier East. Uh, I think Daniel uh, puts in a really interesting conversation. We'll talk about Martinsburg and Jefferson here in a second. Um, and, and I think uh, that's a game that certainly got and drawn a lot of attention last night because of how highly ranked Jefferson was. But, you know, what you can do if you're a Muslim team right now and you've got Spring Mill stealing the state's headlines, Martinsburg last night kind of stealing the regional headlines, is just continue to win basketball games, to continue to set a high floor of the EPAC 
uh, and continue to try to figure out how to get your team to play well together. We're going to see them against Hedgesville uh, coming up this week, or this Friday night. You're going to have the call of that game. And I think it's going to tell us a lot about the middle part of this conference as to whether or not all six teams are going to be incredibly competitive when we get into sectional and regional play. Uh, and each team presents a unique challenge that's tough to beat. Two of the most unique styles, Musselman's got three towers, and Hedgesville plays their deliberate style of offense, not to mention they've got a 6'9 kid in the middle. Um, but, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them because they've gotten off to a very, very good, albeit sometimes unheralded, start to the season. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Uh, this Musselman team, I think early on, was still kind of figuring out what it had uh, because, as you said, three guys in the front court that, that can really make something happen on any given night. I think and in Santa Maria has surprised a lot of people, including it seemed some people within that Muscleman program as well, because we went and saw them play against Bridgeport the opening weekend of the season. And he just really got some spot minutes rotating in with, with Matt Mahood and, and Troy Wollaston. And then all of a sudden they play Parkersburg South. He's inserted into the starting lineup with Mahood not playing that night and is the best player on the floor. So uh, at this point, I think this is a Muscleman team that still has a lot of growing to do, but is already showing that it can be competitive with state tournament caliber teams. And then across from them, we just spent a lot of time talking about Hedgesville and the the dangers that they pose, particularly in those EPAC games where there's a, a razor thin margin a lot of times. You know, we were having this conversation last night feeling like after the performance we saw from Hedgesville last night, what we've seen from Musselman this year, the just the sheer talent that's on the roster for Martinsburg, that we we thought Spring Mills and Jefferson had established themselves as the top two teams in the EPAC, at least through the first month of the season. But we also felt there was a, a very, very thin gap between whoever was going to be number three and whoever was going to be number five between those three, Martinsburg, Musselman, and Hedgesville. Now... You've got a Hedgesville team that looks like it is playing a little bit above what it was expected of coming into the season. Musselman has established itself. And then I understand Jefferson was without two starters last night, including Jamari Jenkins. But Martinsburg goes out and beats Jefferson by 15. So is it a razor-thin margin between 2 and 5? Is it you know a situation where we're going to see Martinsburg take on Spring Mills in a couple of days and all of a sudden... It's, you know, one through five is a, a narrow gap. You know, does DJ Bordley come back from Washington and all of a sudden there's, what, a 10-point difference between first place and sixth place in the EPAC? Uh, there's a lot of questions still to be answered, but it's just going to be a really exciting couple of months. And that Jefferson game last night, Parker Stone, they lose to Martinsburg 71-56. to No Jamari Jenkins, no Kylan Johnson. Martinsburg, you know, using a, a, a pretty consistent ball pressure to – speed up Jefferson and make them take bad shots. Are you concerned long-term for the Cougars, assuming that Johnson and Jenkins are going to be back in a couple of games? Are you concerned for them long-term, or is this a blip in the radar? On the other side of things, how impressed are you with Martinsburg now to start the year? Starting with Jefferson, no, I'm not concerned with them at all. You, when you don't have a player like Jenkins and Kylan Johnson, two guys that have been your leaders this season, I think that's a loss you can take. And it's a good Martinsburg team. I don't want to discount beating Jefferson. They're one of the top five teams in the quad A poll right now. That's a big win for Coach Rogers and his squad. But when you know Jefferson team that is without two of probably their three top scores, that 
makes it easier for you to get a win against Jefferson. But for Martinsburg's sake, it's a quality win. It will certainly move them up in the quad A polls. I would think they'll be threatening the top five coming up when the next poll comes out. Somewhere between that eight to six, eight to five range is probably where we're going to see Martinsburg creep in at. But at talent that the Bulldogs have, it's Daniel mentioned it. It's the the gap is getting narrowed with a lot of the teams right now. Martinsburg's trying to challenge. I think if you ask today, and again, it we're, we just kicked off January. February is when we get some really, I think, clear answers. And once we get further in the conference play, we'll see who ranks where. But really, I think with the win over Morgantown, I think Spring Mills is in their own category right now. With a win over Jefferson, I think Martinsburg has maybe creeped themselves into that bottom of the second tier with themselves and Jefferson. And I think other than that, it's wide open. You got Hedgesville, who had a good win last night. Musselman, who has a lot of great characteristics with Coach Basile's team. The numbers just keep going. Washington, when they're fully healthy, I think, is a team that could cause some fits for some of the teams in the conference. It's it's a wide open atmosphere to have for on the boys' side of basketball things that makes it really competitive. But for Jefferson, not too concerned, but a quality win for Martinsburg nonetheless. Our next broadcast of high school basketball comes up this Friday. Daniel Woods will have it. It is Hedgesville against Musselman. By the way, Berkeley Springs plays this Friday night as well, uh, Parker Stone. Yes, they will. They'll be on our sister station, Cool 92.9, taking on Kaiser. That game will be going on in the 7 o'clock hour. And before we head to this next break, wanted to mention, uh, big congrats to Jaden Gladley. He went over 1,000 career points yesterday day for Jefferson High School. So congrats to Jaden. Absolutely. we got a break to take. When we return, we'll be joined by Rashawn Edwards, the head coach of the Washington girls basketball team. So stay tuned. This is Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Can't get enough of Panhandle Sports? Head to PanhandleNewsNetwork.com for articles on your favorite teams. Conversation rolling on Panhandle Sports Live. As I mentioned, we've got Shepherd University basketball on tonight. They take on IUP. That game will begin in the 7 o'clock hour. But we've also got some high school girls basketball as conference play has begun or will begin in the EPAC. Washington taking on Hedgesville tonight as they get their first taste of conference play. Joining us on the phone is now Washington head girls basketball coach Rashawn Edwards. And coach, are you excited to get going in conference play? Uh. Thank you. First, thank you guys for having me. And um, yes, sir, we are. We're we're extremely we're extremely excited and, and ready to go tonight. Absolutely. Well, well, coach, let's start by kind of talking about the start of the season for you guys. You begin with a victory against a regional rival in North Hagerstown, and then playing a, a really tough out of state schedule. I, I'm, I'm sure that was yeah. by design. Can you kind of take us through what you've learned from your team uh, as you've begun the regular season? Um, well, to to kind of start, you know, we. We kind of took off, you know. We knew we were a little young and kind of inexperienced last year, but I think just from kind of going through the last season into the beginning of this season, just growing, uh, maturing, and that's you know one of the biggest things we had to we had to learn and just understanding how to win and how to you know how to play the right way. So we're we're getting that in uh, the beginning of the season. Definitely been tough, but it's been good for us. You know, we needed to be mentally. Uh, mentally challenged, and I think that's what it's brought to us. Well, Coach, uh, in terms of the style of, of your play, is, is it fair to say that losing Kendall from a season ago, you guys have gotten a little bit smaller? I mean, how, how have you kind of morphed into stylistically how you want to play? Because it seems as though you guys are a pretty guard-oriented team. We we do have a lot of guards, but we were able to, um, you know, the development process and the off season with a few of our, our post players, um, has definitely helped us a lot. Uh, we're not extremely big, but we, we have decent size. Um, I believe 
with, you know, returners, losing Kendall was definite, you know, a big piece. You know, she was a, a leader and just, you know, strong in the post. Um, she definitely gave us a lot, um, you know, but I, I do like what we have as far as, you know, returners. We were able to pick up. Um, she transferred in uh, mid-season, so didn't really get a chance to play. But uh, Janae Bradley's been a, a great addition to us on the back end. Uh, Savannah King, you know, she stepped up. She played some JV last year, but she's really stepped up a lot. And um, and Madison Hardy has kind of given us classmen with Michaela Michaels. You know, they've given us good size right around 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, you know, not extremely dominant post size, but they're giving us enough size where we can be competitive in the team area, especially in college play. Well, Coach, comparing last season to this season, looking at last year, it felt like this team that you had really came on towards that second half of the season. Mm -hmm. Imagine the first few games, maybe some of the contests didn't go your way, but you go and start your conference play today against Hedgesville. Is, is this could be the momentum kicker for you all to really get to where you want to be at this point in the season? Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, conference play, everyone, you know, everyone's familiar with each other. Um, so, you know, we're definitely not – overlooking anyone we just you know we have a goal and you know we're gonna do everything possible to obtain that goal and um you know right now i like where we are um, i like how we're approaching um you know from last weekend to now um, i like what they're doing i like their mindset so i'm excited to see what we uh what we do tonight uh, and then coach you look back at a, a state tournament appearance uh, a year ago and, and now a lot of young players back from that team. Now you say right. you've got some others that are, are stepping up into bigger roles this year. Uh, just that experience of making the trip to Charleston. How have you seen that uh, play out? I guess in the mindset that these players have, have taken into this season. Um, what I really like so far is the fact that, uh, you know, that, that hunger and the drive is, is, is there and, you know, trying to continuously enforce that, but also, the fact that I think, you know, we're starting to understand that, you know, no one's going to lay down because you went to States, you know, no one's going to, you know, just say, Oh, you know, you're here and, you know, we're going to just move out of your way. It's not going to be that way. So what we try to make sure that they understood is now we have a, you know, we have a, a somewhat of a target on our back um, in a good way. And we have to embrace that and, you know, continue to do our part to get back where we want to go. Well, coach, I think, Adams and Rivera shouldered a lot of the load for you a season ago, and Mary Rivera especially, I think, caught some eyes when you guys went down and played in Charleston. Can you talk about the step that they've taken in the offseason uh, and, and what it's like having two players that can be incredibly ball-dominant, but you know, making sure them, along with everybody else in the offense, stays fed? Um, the one thing is, one thing I've, I've always loved about Mary, just watching her over the years, you know, I, I, actually I remember Mary in, in rec league basketball. You know, she's always had a drive. Um, competitive and just, you know, tenacious. So I've always loved that about her. And, you know, she stayed in the gym. She worked on her game. She did um, play a lot of travel ball over the summer. So it was really exciting to kind of see her, you know, just continue to evolve her game. Um, but I've been on both Lexi and Mary on just being constantly being better. You know, we're, we're constantly pushing. We're not going to settle, you know, just because of improvement, but we're going to be better. And, you know, so and get, you know, they get a little – tired of me getting on them but you know I think that they have something special and I don't want to um, want to make sure they continue to enhance that so you know pushing them to where they were from last year to where they are even as freshmen uh, from where they are now has been really good to see um, but you know like I told them we're going to be 
we're going to continuously, you know, kind of push you guys to be better and, you know, and lead this team in the right way. So that's what we're looking to do. And coach as well, when we came into this season, I think a lot of people pointed to your team maybe being the odds-on favorite to maybe make a return trip to Charleston with the returners that you have back, some of the things that happened to other teams within the conference. What's it like having maybe a target on your back and maybe being some of these teams in the conference Super Bowl at times when you face them against Song on the floor? That part, you know, I to me – you know, just personally, I don't buy into all that. You know, we still, the game is still decided within the line. So, you know, and that's the thing, I, you know, we try and teach them. It's not, you know, that, that these things don't matter. You know, we have to talk as talk, rankings are rankings. But at the end of the day, you know, you still have to play the game. And you have to do your job while we're out there. So um, we just try to, you know, drown that part out, not feed into it. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were just talking about the rankings and things like that just, you know, two days ago. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We we still have a job to do. So whether we're ranked a hundred or, or first, it doesn't it does none of it matters until you prove it on the court. And that's what we're trying to really instill and keep their mindset in the right place. And coach, one thing that we've seen really this year in boys and girls basketball <laughs> is a, a lot of times there is such a thin margin in EPAC basketball because there's six schools all similar size all in very close proximity to each other it's hard to not know everything almost everything about your opponent going into the next game so how do you prepare your team to play in a conference like this where there is such a level of familiarity and there's so much parity between the teams um you know that, and that's a that's a really good question and really good point because you know the the coaches know each other, coaches know players, players know coaches, players know each other, you know other players. So you you really have to focus in on um, the the minor things, the little things, and you know because you know every every time you know once you once players start to understand each other's games, then it's just going to be you know every little thing is going to matter when it comes down to knowing your opponent. And you have to execute at, um, on both both ends of the floor, and um, you know. And then you just once you just do your job and let the chips fall where they may. And then once once you do that, I think you'll you know a lot of teams the ones that that really focus in on those on those smaller things will be the ones that come out on top. Well, coach. Lastly, this um, obviously there's a lot of short term goals for this team, but you know, is it hard to to keep yourself from realizing this entire roster is coming back next year as well? You know. It, You've got underclassmen that are coming back from a season ago, but then one of your best players and Perry's a, a freshman to start the year as well. Is it, you know, it, it's got to be exciting to know that there's some some pretty good long-term prospects for this team as well, not just short-term prospects. It is, you know, it's it, it's really exciting. You know, it's definitely been um, a tremendous opportunity just for myself to be able to um, be be in this program and be in this situation. Um, you know, and I've always been just. I love watching kids develop and, and evolve and, and, and mature. And that's what we're, that's really what we're trying to instill in them and just understand that, you know, not every, you know, I know they always think everything is basketball, but it's really not, you know, you try to try to make sure that they, um, they understand and get ready for the real world. And, but I think that, you know, when they can, when they're, when they really, when they understand it, then it, it's, it's a really a pleasure to watch and pleasure to see their growth. So, I'm definitely excited for this this younger group. You know, we have that we have one senior, you know, leaving us, Addison Skinner, and you know, she's been a tremendous leader for us as well. So 
Um, I'm excited to see where we, you know, where we go. But right now we're trying to focus in on, on this year to make sure we get back to where we, where we want to go. Our next broadcast of Washington Girls Basketball will be coming up on the 9th when they travel to take on St. Maria Goretti. We're really excited for that yeah. matchup, Coach. And uh, we really appreciate you giving us the time this morning. Best of luck the rest of the season. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, Coach Edwards of the Washington Girls Basketball team. When we return, uh, believe it or not, fellas, it's January, and we're going to talk a little bit about high school football, but not before we get Parker's picks. That comes up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Want to join the conversation? Text in at 304-263-4321. It's the final segment of Panhandle Sports Live on this Wednesday, the third day of January. If you missed any or part of our conversation with Sean Edwards of the Washington Girls Basketball Team, we've got them on not once but twice next week as they take on St. Maria Goretti on the road. And then... That uh, county rivalry matchup against Jefferson, you'll hear it right here on WBPM and WCST. Just like to solicit uh, to the to the people out there, the listeners of of Panhandle Sports Live, we've been efforting uh, for about a month now. Oh no, we've been efforting for, for about eighteen months, much longer. I've been here for about a month, and we've been efforting the whole time uh, to develop uh, a nickname for the Jefferson Washington rivalry. Uh, if if you've got uh, an idea uh, out there, hit us on the text line, uh, hit us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Uh, with that said, it is now time for Parker's Picks. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, as mentioned at the start of the show, we did start 2024 with a perfect slate of Trey Tuesday NBA action. We were able to hit Tyrese Maxey and his line. He goes for four three-pointers last night. Chet Holmgren gets his over last night, and Jimmy Sohan gets his three-pointer last night for the Spurs as well. We'll turn back to the NBA for today. We're going to go with today's lock, and we'll get Daniel Woods a laugh here and a good smile. We're going with the Minnesota Timberwolves getting the win over the Pelicans tonight. Huge. They're seven-point favorites. I think they're going to be able to get the win against New Orleans, and the Timberwolves keep rolling what's been a very successful first half of the season for them. Chet Holmgren, he's having a really great season as well. I'm going to take his over on points against the Atlanta Hawks tonight. The line's at 17-and-a-half. I feel like he can get that over. He feel like he's that number two scoring option, it feels like, in this Oklahoma City Thunder offense behind SGA. You got guys who can have big games like Lou and Josh Giddy as well, but Chad Holmgren is a guy who I think is a consistent scorer, and he's going to be able to get 18. Tough matchup against Clint Capella, but I think he's able to get that with the ability he has to stretch the floor. And lastly, I'm going to go Tyrese Halliburton. Big line, 25.5 total points, but it's against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's at home. It's a big game for the Pacers, I feel like, and I think Halliburton will have to have a big performance if Indiana wants to pull off the upset against Milwaukee. So the Timberwolves with the win over the over the Pelicans. Chad Holmgren, 18 or more points tonight against the Hawks, and Tyrese Halliburton, 26 or more points tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. So I mentioned the conversation of high school football that we want to have. Daniel Woods, we're starting to piece together schedules for next year, and I think the one that's caught the most eyes across the state, we tweeted this out from uh, uh, the Metro News uh, Prep Sports account a couple of days ago, is the Martinsburg Bulldogs schedule because pretty significantly the Martinsburg Bulldogs are not playing a team from the state of Virginia this year. They're playing eight teams from the state of West Virginia, which is a really interesting concept. Uh, and for that Virginia streak, that's something that dates back into the 90s. Uh, that's right. Uh, you exclude the 2020 COVID year where uh, you were required to just play within the state of West Virginia. 
And it'll be the first time that Martinsburg has not played a team from the state of Virginia since 1991. Uh, so uh, that ends, uh, obviously, a, a pretty long streak uh, of scheduling for Martinsburg. Uh, but also, uh, pretty notable, as you said, eight in-state games for the Bulldogs this year. That marks five from the EPAC and three non-conference games against West Virginia opponents, which we have not seen in, in several years for Martinsburg either. It's uh, uh, going to be certainly a, a change of pace when it comes to the schedule for the, the Bulldogs in the first year of Quad A football in West Virginia. So you look at what we have right now. They begin with a school against D.C. Week two, a really interesting matchup against Huntington. Uh, those two have locked horns in the state semifinals the last couple of years. Woodson out of D.C. They get into EPAC play. Hedgesville, Jefferson, Musselman. Sprinkle in some Morgantown there. Fans may remember two years ago in the playoffs, Morgantown in the first round gave Martinsburg all they could handle in a game that had a weather delay. And then Washington and Spring Mills to end the season. So, you know, that's something that uh, Dave Walker mentioned. Parker Stone, when he came back, he said, I want to play the best teams in West Virginia. Well, Morgantown is of that ilk. So is Huntington as well. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see Martinsburg play a schedule that has eight West Virginia teams on it. Yeah, hearing from what Coach Walker said when he returned to take the job at Martinsburg, it sounds like he wanted to be more West Virginia focused. And I think that with the new implement of the strength of schedule element to what is being brought to the playoff rankings that the WVSSAC has implemented. I think this is going to help teams when you look at it. Because you think about the longest, why wasn't Martinsburg playing teams in the state of West Virginia? Well, nobody wanted to play them. That obviously is the reason because they by far and away have been one of the most, if not the most dominant program over the past 10 years in the state. When you have teams like Huntington, who is in the top four, I think, programs right now in the state, you look at a Morgantown who's in the, that same ilk, consistently making the playoffs, and you got a Hurricane team who last year was the four seed. Those are three matchups that are going to put eyes all around the state when you look at it, and that's what you want to look for. You don't want Martinsburg playing teams outside of the area that no one's going to care about throughout the state just because they don't know who they are. Now we have these marquee matchups throughout the state that if Martinsburg wins them, they're, they're locked in as a number one overall seed. And we all, I think we're all in agreement that Martinsburg should have been the number one overall seed last year. They were the most dominant team in the state. They just didn't get that just because of the, uh, just because of the playoff rankings, them not waiting out of state wins in that category. But I think this is a great win-win for both Martinsburg and the schools. They're playing more in-state games like this. We get to see Huntington and and Martinsburg lock horns in the regular season, which is going to be really exciting. It's a lot of fun things, I think, with this matchups going on. And it's, it's good, I think, for the entire state, seeing Martinsburg play the top teams who we think are going to be within the state, at least for the next year or so. Starting to see Jefferson's schedule fall into place as well. Uh, a lot of their out-of-conference games, out-of-state opponents against regional competition. South Hagerstown, they're taking on Sharando, Millbrook, Clarksburg of, of Maryland. Uh, a lot of the usual faces for them. Uh, Spring Valley as well, week three. That's become a really fun rivalry. And I know Hedgesville's schedule starting to get put together as well. Guys, before we end the show for today, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention, uh, in my opinion, the play of the night when the early on the play of 2024 although we're just three days into the year Caitlin Clark at the buzzer 76 to 73 if you haven't seen this shot she hits it from the logo on Iowa's floor uh, and this is what she had to say after the game when she was asked whether or not she thought that shot was going to go in honestly when it left my hand I knew it was going in so um, yeah I'm, I'm glad I could make that and you know at the end of the day maybe we didn't play our best today but you know a win's a win the Big Ten's really tough 
Women's college basketball, Parker Stone, I think was elevated to a platform that we haven't seen, you know, with the LSU stuff. Um, you know, obviously Angel Reese has turned in uh, to a bit of a celebrity, Caitlin Clark as well. And they didn't even win the national championship. They're, you know, odds on favorites, I would say, to win it this year. But, you know, she's doing a lot to elevate that brand of women's college basketball. And it's undeniable. I mean, she is one of the most electrifying athletes to watch in any sport. She's the Steph Curry of women's basketball. I, I think that's the, or one might say Steph Curry is the Caitlin Clark of men's basketball. You could say that as well. I, I think that she has an aura around her. Caitlin Clark does that is going to gravitate people to watching women's basketball and to consistently watch it. She's so fun to watch. She's a star, and it's just going to be the future of women's basketball is in really good hands. I feel like whenever these next crop of ladies make their way to the WNBA. It's there's some real star power. You look at what's in there right now. You have Kelsey Plum. You have players like Sabrina Io and Askew who are playing really great basketball. And then you've got Caitlin Clark. You've got Angel Reese, who's going to be a star in the WNBA at some point. You go down that Haley Van Lith from LSU, formerly Louisville, came down. She's a great player as well. And just the names go on and on and on and on of who are going to be just prime players and i don't know why her name is escaping me i feel awful for saying this the yukon girl uh page backers page backers she's gonna be an absolute star too so the future of women's basketball i think is in really really good hands right now and caitlin clark's gonna be leading the charge let me actually go ahead and play i didn't realize i had it but i do rob brooks on the call this is the game winning shot from the iowa perspective as uh, you could have heard it on learfield we're under 10 here's davis out near the timeline gets it to stalky at the top of the key has it knocked away, but Reed gathers it. Not a Clark. Step back three at the buzzer. Oh! Not again. <laughs> Indiana all over again. That's Rob Brooks on the call. Daniel Woods, uh, anything to add? Women's basketball is in a really good spot right now. And for those that are interested in getting into uh, women's basketball, well, there's a pretty good college in Morgantown, West Virginia, that's got an undefeated and 24th ranked a basketball team that's actually taking on Cincinnati tonight at seven o'clock. It's a it's a it's a fun time to be a women's basketball fan. It certainly is, and I think a lot of people with that NCAA tournament last year were woken up to what women's basketball has become, and it's it's really a, a fun brand of basketball that you can find across the country. And there's certainly just about a, a team or a player or a, a style in in women's college basketball right now that will appeal to just about any kind of, of basketball fan. And right now, the this WVU women's basketball team in particular plays a really fun, really aesthetically pleasing style of basketball. You've got a, a lot of really fun players on that team that uh, have a, a lot of multifaceted talents. And it, it really stands out uh, with this West Virginia team, what they've been able to do in year one with, with Mark Kellogg. And again, I encourage anybody if you've got an ESPN Plus subscription, if you've got a few dollars to throw down on a, a ticket to a WVU women's basketball game, you should go. It's it's going to be fun. They're they're a lot of fun to watch, and it's only going to go up from here, I think, with Mark Kellogg. Well, we've got Shepard men's basketball tonight. They take on IUP. Our coverage will begin in the 7 o'clock hour. IUP, you know, not the national powerhouse that they were a season ago. They suffered a couple of early season losses. They're 7-4 and four to start the season. Uh, but when you look at Gavin or Garvin Clark, forgive me, Dallas Dillard and Ethan Porterfield, you're looking at three of the best players in the PSAC conference. So it's going to be a ton of fun uh, to see what the Shepherd Rams can do uh, as they do battle tonight in conference play. Anything anybody wants to add before we clear the airways for the show, gentlemen? 
I'd just like to point out, uh, in a, a somewhat of a strange turn of events, um, former West Virginia All-State player Bryce Radford is back at IUP. Yeah. Spent a couple of years there. Uh, then went to West Virginia Tech last year. Then spent the summer coaching AAU basketball, thinking he was out of eligibility. And he is now re-enrolled at IUP and will be playing for them in the second semester. Very cool. Parker Stone? Uh, schedule for this week's games are over on our both our Facebook and our Twitter pages. You can check those out right now. Of course, we got Shepherd basketball tonight. Coming up Friday, doubleheader action in high school basketball, Musselman and Hedgesville, and then Berkeley Springs and Kaiser over on Cool 92. Then Shepherd doubleheader on Saturday with the women and the men taking on East Stroudsburg. Absolutely. IUP tonight, like you said, 7 o'clock in the 7 o'clock hour. Our pregame will begin. For Daniel Woods and Parker Stone, I've been Luke Wiggs. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.